Hi everybody, tonight on the show we have Lee who is the Skinny Jean Gardener on Instagram who is absolutely fantastic. I've been a big fan of Lee for a long time and he is one of the gardeners that I started following when I started my Instagram and looking for inspiration so it's been great to talk to Lee and Lee shares my passion for teaching children about gardening and getting them to learn to grow their own food and be self-sufficient so I'm really looking forward to Lee being on the show. I know, my, my husband is trying to sell some stuff or buy stuff off people before and um, he says like they, they just don't answer him and he's like, you're selling something but why don't you answer it? He's like, well do you want to sell it? And they said I end up getting it some, from somewhere else but no, I haven't really, no, it's not my thing. <laughs> How are you anyway, you alright? I'm good, I'm good. It's been a busy day at nursery today, um, I work in a nursery so... Um, it's uh, it's been busy, but I am good. How are you? What have you been out and about doing stuff? I was I had a right old busy one last week. I went um I was at my mother-in-law's house um for the week uh because we just decided to go up that way, um which is like near near like Heathrow way, and uh, mm-hmm. we went to like loads of farm parks and Bushy Park. Got chased by some deer, and uh, and then I was at Wisley for like a couple of days doing some shows. So that was nice. Oh, brilliant. I, I see that you do. Um, I'm really interested to hear about, so you do like school gardening programs. So how did you get into that? Um, and, and what made you want to get into it? Oh, it's such a long story, but we've got plenty of time. How long we got? How long we got to chat? Uh, how long do you want to chat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, um, so what happened, Nikki, right, is I got into gardening when I was like 26 years old. Right. And, um... Really, I feel like it's it it late to get into gardening. Like a lot of people's stories always start with their mums and dads gardening with them when they were little, and I I never got that. Like, don't get me wrong, like my mum and dad are lovely, but mum and dad's garden was very much like, oh look, don't touch. Like, if we went out with a football, we'd get in trouble. We hit like an ornament or something. And uh, at the time, like I did, you know, gardening was not like I'd never even thought about gardening. Like at school, all we had was like this little dirty pond in the corner of the school grounds mm-hmm. and we used to pond dip and that was about it. Like, literally, that's all we used to do. So when I was young, I did zero gardening. Um, and then when I was 26, I started gardening with my brother uh, on an allotment. And uh, it was the best thing. Like, you like you recently just started an allotment, like, was it a couple of years ago? Yeah, two years ago, yeah. And I started it, I actually started it through the nursery, but then they offered me a plot of my own. It was a small one, and it kind of has got me into gardening more and changed my, my kind of um, 
life and stuff and a bit like you my mum and dad aren't into gardening so the garden really was just my mum would maybe do it up at the towards the summer and put some pots out and just kind of so I didn't have that experience so I was in my um, 30s when I started gardening properly we're like we're like similar ages right like we're not you're, what are you like mid 30s I'm 36 but there you look at that boom almost <laughs> straight back right? yeah. yeah like I Maybe it's a generational thing. Like I've, I always think, like, I talk about this a lot, um, and I will get to the answer of your question in a minute. No, it's okay. <laughs> but, but, like, I think about this and talk about this a lot, that I feel like our generation, sort of, we missed out on our parents' gardening. Like, a lot of our parents had their parents teach them gardening. Now, I don't know what happened in, like, the, the end of the 80s, 90s, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe there was too much good cartoons on telly that we just didn't... <laughs> Get it? I don't know, like that teenage moving turtles. I used to watch a lot of that. Me too. Um, not, yeah, good in it. Um, I feel like we must have missed out for some reason. I don't know what that is. So, so like coming into it a little bit late, I like I, I, I felt this amazing sense of achievement about growing and learning how to grow my own vegetables, and uh, and it was just totally by accident that I started getting into kids' garden because uh, I started an allotment went onto social media and this was only uh, maybe seven years ago but social media's come on so fast since then and called called ourselves it was me and my brother we called ourselves skinny jean gardeners right and uh, we were spotted by this geezer called jimmy doherty he's, he's uh, in suffolk he's jamie well, i called him jamie oliver's mate he is jamie oliver's mate but um he's in suffolk just up the road from me he's got a jimmy's farm and he said to us oh would you come to our farm and create an allotment and so we did and uh, started to learn a lot more from visitors that used to come down and speak to us and you know we, we literally started on zero knowledge like, i honestly at 26 thought the potatoes grew above ground like, i thought they were on like little trees or something and uh yeah it was, it was nuts I, I feel stupid like i see these kids nowadays going around they, and they're telling me stuff i'm like i wish i knew that when i was your age like that's amazing Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, short story is that obviously Jimmy was friends with Jamie. We did a few bits with Jamie Oliver and started getting to schools. Then ended up somehow on Blue Peter. I don't know how that happened. We've become Blue Peter gardeners for a little bit. And then that's how I got into kids' gardening. I totally fell into it. And I, I didn't even have uh, my daughter at the time. So um, so it was a weird thing. Like we were, There's like two 26-year-olds telling these parents what they should do with their kids they even got kids on their own and now I look back at it and I think oh wow we were literally chucking out what I now call Pinterest ideas because they looked amazing like you know what it's like Like, I've I've just bought a new place and I'm doing the place up and I look on Pinterest I'll go and build it myself it never looks like it looks on Pinterest right no so we were were chucking these ideas out on Blue Peter Um, and it wasn't until my daughter um I realised it's not as easy to create a bug hotel out of a chest of drawers with a four-year-old. Like it just doesn't happen. Um, but that's but, but that's how I got into kids' garden. That's how I how I started um, talking about it. And, and you know, as soon as I had my daughter, that's when my, my interest really peaked because I didn't want her to grow up like I did, not knowing how things are grown and and where our food comes from. And even the other day, like, we do a lot about garden. We do a lot about vegetables and a lot about wildflowers and a lot of fun in the garden as well. But um, even the other day, she was eating an apple and she was like, 
Where's, where do they make these apples? It's like, they grow them. Well, it's like, they're grown on the tree. Mm-hmm. Like, we walk up and she's like, oh. Like, she's trying to connect the dots still on how things are grown. It's, it's, it's amazing. So, like, I'm learning still even now how to teach children garden. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's how I really got into kids gardening. And it's really just progressed into just, to something um, amazing with the school stuff. It looks amazing and it's something that like I would love to do um, up here in Glasgow because originally like the same I think that I'd started learning how to grow my own food like just in a small kind of um, basis in my garden. My husband had bought me like strawberries and tomato plants and I really wanted to do it and my husband he was he was brought up with his papa who gardened so he had the skills and the knowledge and um I said I really want to grow food and he was like just do it and I was like oh I can't I don't know what to do and he was like it's easy and then he's like do you know what I'm gonna buy you these plants and I'm gonna this is your task for the summer this was like six years ago and he's like this is your task for the summer because I don't work this summer because I'm um, term time and he said you have to look after them and see how you get on and I did I loved it and then that like that I just learned how to like prune the tomatoes and look after the strawberries and I kind of went back to work and thought um I really want to teach the kids like you're saying like I was asking kids like where does where do apples come from and they were like Tesco and I was like no that's not where they whereas now with me having the allotment like and taking them down to the allotment and showing them like apple trees pears plum trees growing food for them and then getting to see it and tasting it like now they know like how to look after a plant they know where it grows and they know so much more and I really would like as well to to help people in the community as well because I think you know if people could learn how to grow their own food it would be so much better rather than, you know, a lot of people maybe be struggling to buy food like, and they're going to food banks, whereas, if, you know, you can grow food anywhere. Even if you don't have a big garden, you can grow it, in, you can grow it indoors. You could grow it in a, a balcony. And I think that's what a lot of people don't know. So I'm trying to kind of teach the community. I was trying to get, like, a gardening group set up in the nursery, but then, obviously, COVID hit. So then the, the nurseries were closed and stuff so it's we're just trying to now um get it up and running but the pandemic for me kind of did help me in a way because I had the nursery plot to look after so because the kids couldn't get down I took it on and started looking after it with thinking at first and I think everybody did think at first in the pandemic the kids will get down it'll be fine I'll keep looking after this stuff and it just kept going on and on and on and it came to a point where I was harvesting stuff and doing me videos. I was doing like how to grow stuff, and I was sending home like seeds and stuff to like the for the kids to grow at home. And they were sending videos in, and I was saying, "Oh look, what I've grown at the allotment!" And it just it's kind of took like kind of arms and wings um, with the the nursery that the kids now and even the parents and even the staff. There's staff in my nursery now um, that are into gardening and stuff and they'll say oh I want to grow look what I've been growing Nikki and I'm like oh brilliant you've been growing your own your own tomatoes your own flowers your own potatoes and it's like people now are actually thinking I've done it and it's like you're saying a sense of achievement and I remember like being like that even now I'm still like that see if I grow something you know I get excited and it started to grow I run in to tell my husband from the greenhouse look it's growing and he's like yeah (laughs) 
he's not as excited as me. He likes flowers. He's more of a flower gardener, um, and he likes to design. But um, I think because he's a surveyor, like a land and building surveyor, so I think for him, it's he's more about the designing and kind of building stuff, whereas I'm more excited about like the bees and looking after them. And just like you say, I've been trying to do a bug hotel for about three, four years in the nursery, and you don't always have the funds. So it's like trying to find stuff in the garden to do it and you're like trying to pick up sticks, you're trying to get people to give you stuff and it, it's so hard and I think people say make a bug hotel but like you're saying you don't have the stuff to make it so it, it it's not just instant, you know, it, it takes ages and it's it's really hard but it is good to teach the children about looking after the environment and stuff. Yeah, that, like, that's, that's the thing, Like my whole career like I've been doing this for like eight almost nine years now next year will be my ninth year doing this like doing gardening and kids gardening and the whole time i've been a bit like i'm never really quite sure where this is going as a career like before this i used to be an electrician and then sort of all of this media stuff come along and all of a sudden i'm like doing tv and and gardening with kids and on stage like all of that and i never really knew, knew where it was going and then just before the pandemic i, I went on tour like obviously i was get going to schools and visiting schools and it was exciting, but don't get me wrong, it was great, but it was, it was keeping me away from my family, and that's that's why I got into garden in the first place, is to spend more time with them. And so, just before the pandemic, we went, like, around the country, and this is, like, I, I, I'm thinking about it now, it's crazy, really, because at the moment, well, we're slowly getting back in it, we're slowly getting back, but for the last year and a half, like, it would never happen. But we literally, a whole week, we got 10,000 children gardening in just one week. Wow. It was an amazing thing, right? There's a documentary, Nick, if you want to watch it. It's on my YouTube channel. Go check oh, it out. Oh, definitely will. <laughs> it was great. Like, I, like, it was an amazing thing. It was part of a campaign I did with um, with a supermarket. And, you know, when I did it, I thought I was doing good. And, and if we did, for that moment, we did amazing things. For that week, we did great things. The only thing I realised was, and I've been part of many gardening campaigns, kids' gardening campaigns, is that we actually become part of the problem because I was travelling to these schools, getting the schools excited, getting the kids excited, chucking them a load of free product, which is great, yeah, loads of stuff, and then leaving. And then the teachers are sort of just left with a load of stuff that they don't know really what to do. Like, like not everyone knows how to garden, do you know what I mean? So the teachers just left with this stuff and said, there you go, get on with it. And so as great as that was... Um, what I realised is what the biggest thing that schools need is support and um, and a plan. And so I spent literally, like the, the whole of lockdown, I spent just u- using the time to create something called the School Garden Success Plan. And what we do is we provide like the whole, um, whole class with a raised bed, soil, seeds, um, the compost, the lesson plans, uh, and then most importantly, uh, teacher support like because that's that's who really needs it they're the ones that are going to be pushing it out and so we have like a team that like looks after the teachers any questions they've got to like grow your own uh, learn how to do the seeds learn how to look after wildlife around the school the teachers can talk to us and the idea is that instead of just doing a camp pain that just throws out some seeds once in a while we actually keep on the journey, keep on the garden adventure of the school and make sure them children come out of primary school knowing exactly how to grow their own vegetables and look after wildlife 
because that's what we want. Like, you know, we want more gardeners in the industry. We want more gardeners around. We know we know how great gardening is for our mental health. The teachers know how good it is for children's mental health as well. Um, but there's just no plan out there. And mm-hmm. so I feel privileged that I've, I've, I've had the time and, and um, you know, luckily been able to invest some money into something that is going to make a difference in school garden and and, um, and yeah so that's that's like the, the progress from like two brothers that sat on the allotment not knowing what they were doing to, to now so it's, it's really exciting it sounds great and when I saw that you were doing it I thought that's I mean I did I follow you anyway because um, like when you start like you say when you start your kind of Instagram um, journey um, you kind of look at all the gardens you see people doing stuff um and i thought and i and i downloaded like your podcast and stuff and i was like listening to it and stuff so i was like it's kind of you just kind of look to other gardeners that are maybe similar and give you tips and stuff and it's great to see that you you're quite similar that you're wanting to teach kids about how to grow stuff and kind of it's just and it is true, it is true, you know, you get stuff free, you know, Morrison's are doing a great campaign now where it's like that you can give stuff to schools, which you're like is great, but then like you're saying, you need someone who is going to do it, you know, and a lot of the time, probably if no one knows how to garden, they've just get the pots and the seeds and, you know, someone doesn't know how to do it, they're just going to kind of go, I, I don't know how to teach them. And, you know, things as well, like even we things like, you know, if something's getting overwatered or they might not know, they might think, oh, that's okay, you know, like we kind of tips that you don't know and they're, they're like, it's not growing, why is it not growing? Um, there was a story from one of my deputies, which I, I was, it was about October time or, no, it was later than that, it was January <laughs> and our little boy had been given a sunflower and the sunflower had died. Right. And I said, How did she grow a sunflower in January? And she went she said, um, I don't know and I was like, That's the wrong time to grow a, a sunflower and she was like oh, he was really upset because he was watering it and it died and he did, he thought he'd done something wrong and I was like, He's not done something wrong. It, it's the wrong time of year to grow it, so it's not going it's too cold And I was like, So when it was um when it was warm enough I had I had grew um sunflowers and I gave I gave her two sunflowers, one for her son and one for our daughter and they grew dead big and he was so excited that I gave him a sunflower. I mean it was like that size when I gave him it and he grew it dead tall. But it just goes to show that that's this heart and the teacher's done her best. She's thought I'll go for it, I'll try and grow it. But it's been at the wrong time of year and then then the kids are thinking, I've done something wrong, it's died. So it's like counterproductive and it means that then the kids probably think, oh, it's rubbish, it's, it's not going to grow, so I'll, I'll, what's the point? You know, the kids will get fed up if it's the wrong time and it's it's no grew right, which is, it's not the teacher's fault. She's, she's tried her best to teach them, but just at the wrong time. Yeah, it's a good start. Like, like the thing is, like, like ideally, obviously, to sow a seed and a plant at the right time. But, um, but on the, like, the case of like things dying, and I think this is, this is important, especially with children gardening, is as long as you plant it at the right time and you give it the best chance, if it does die, if a child doesn't look after a plant, it actually is a, is a good thing. Because, I mean, I've a lot of my learning has been, been when you kill stuff, right? And I'm sure it's the same. I agree. Yes, yeah. Uh, but especially for a child, like it, it gives a sense of responsibility. Like I, I, I brought a book out a few years ago, and 
in it is like a little mini allotment that you can make out of a washing up bowl for children. And I think it's a really good one for, for um, parents to make because basically you can plant it up with the kids um, and whatever they want to grow in there. And then you just sort of, and this is the hardest bit for a parent to do, just walk away and don't touch it and then look out the back door and slowly see it dying and you sort of just, just give, them a little, give them a little nudge in the right direction and say, oh, do you think that needs a water? But if it dies, then it teaches children that, you know, there's, got to be responsible for your plants you've got, you want something to, to live like I did this with my daughter when she said she wanted a puppy uh, and you know luck, luckily for me Nikki the tomato plant died that time so <laughs> didn't want to get a puppy <laughs> oh get a puppy puppies are great I've got a puppy she is so great dogs are great but it's the, you know it taught it taught her like a, there's a lesson amongst that do you know what I mean but um that's getting a little bit of success as well. I'd like to keep that going. But, um, but yeah, definitely. Um, similar, like, um, I was off for, I think it was Easter. I think it was. We did, like, a palette competition for Keep Scotland Beautiful. So we ha- I had been growing all the stuff with the kids and then I was off for two weeks and the staff had, and the kids had forgot that were there when I was off because some of the kids are there had forgotten to um, water the plants. So by the time I came back, after two weeks, the plants were dead. So <laughs> I said, oh, so they were, the staff were like, oh, I'm so sorry, your plants are dead. And I was like, it's okay, we've got time, we can grow new stuff. And then, I'd like you, I turned it into a learning kind of thing for the kids was, I said, well, we didn't look after their plants, we didn't water them, so they've died. So we need to look after them. And so then they would say to me like we started new seeds and they were growing and they'd say come on we need to we need to grow we need to go and and, um, and water them now we need to look after our plants we need water let's go so I actually taught them about like plants died and like you're saying responsibility um, that they knew I need to water it whereas before they probably just didn't think about it they, um, and then they realised that it had died and they were sad about it but we did get there in the end and we got our garden done but it was a good I thought it was a good lesson because um, it kind of gave me the opportunity to talk to the kids about like plants dying and say sometimes because some, I'll always say to kids as well like not every seed will grow I mean, 99% of them do, right? But not every seed sometimes does grow. Sometimes you get the odd seeds that just don't. Because I planted um, pumpkin seeds, and normally pumpkin seeds are great, and I, and they didn't grow. And I was like, that's weird. Like, none of them grew. But so I had, then I planted another, the same, the same batch, ordered new ones, and they grew. And I was like, that's really weird. So I don't know. Just maybe the seeds were just yeah, ones that weren't going to grow. <laughs> that's, a that's a beautiful life, life lesson there, right? Like, if it doesn't work out the first time, keep trying, right? Like, yeah, trying. exactly. I, I mean, I used to, um, I think, I used to think the same as the kids when I, when I tried to grow things at first, like with my husband. Um, if something died, I'd be like, oh, I, I must have done something wrong. And I'd be like, oh, it's fine, I'll just, I'll just leave it until, like, next spring or something when my husband would be like right come on we need to get the garden started again and I'd be like right okay let's get the flowers and I'd be so excited and then he's like you need to look after them you need to deadhead them you need to do this 
and I'm like, oh, yeah. right. Because he's, all, I mean, don't get me wrong, I try my best deadheading, but he still does have to remind me sometimes. Because um, I love dahlias. They're one of my favourite flowers. So my husband's always like, come on, the dahlias need deadheading. And I'm like, oh, yes, I'll go. But it is true. If you don't deadhead, they die. so Because they'll just kind of stop growing. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a lesson to learn as well. And plus, do you know what? If... Sometimes when you fail at things, it actually, like you're saying, teaches you something new. Rather, and you think, ah. Yeah, it's the only way I learn. Honestly, it's literally, if if I succeed at something, sometimes I just totally forget it. I'm like, let's move on to something that I can't do. Do you know what I mean? So it's, um, and also, like, I think what you do in, like, nursery is, like, teaching gardening and, um, and teaching like for what I'm trying to get into like primary schools as well is the best thing is that you know we're I feel like we're in a world that is really fast paced right and for some reason I don't know why it feels like unless I'm in the garden I feel like I don't have time to do anything I feel like I'm constantly on the move I'm constantly doing something constantly got some work to do I've constantly got to go and see someone and so for parents it's the same like you know, there's a lot going on in, in, in life. So I don't know. I, and I don't know why that is because apparently my mum and dad always tell me, you know, there's loads of time, and we used to have loads of time when you were younger. So the world changed somehow, probably because of social media. We spend about five hours looking through TikToks. That probably does take up a lot of time. But um, uh, where was my point? There it is. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I trying to say? Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. So, um, so parents, there's a lot going on in parents' lives, and and what you do in nurseries and teaching children at primary school level actually teaches children gardening, but actually gets them to go home and teach their parents gardening. Because we're we're very lucky that we've got an allotment or we've got a garden, we have time to garden. But for people that aren't interested in gardening and parents that aren't really bothered about it them children are never going to really experience that. And there's a lot of children I still meet whose parents don't garden. So their only actual interaction with the ground, with growing, with wildlife is through nursery or primary school. So it's incredibly important to get it into those younger years. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that... I think the younger that we can teach um, children how to grow and how to look after the environment, I think the better. Because, right, you know... I think we've lost something. I don't know what I don't know what it's like where where you are, but I feel like kids don't really like a lot of the kids don't put stuff in bins now. You know, there's lots of litter picking. You know, and I, and then I think why when I was growing up, you were you know you were taught they go in the bin and you know you look after the place. Whereas a lot of kids now just kind of think throw it away type thing. It's in school and they don't think about it. They threw it away and. I think we need to teach them about this is and I always say to the kids that I'm working with this is your nursery so if you don't look after it then we won't have anything nice to play with we won't have any nice garden the animals won't have anywhere to live and if you put rubbish down the animals are going to get hurt so you know we need to look after the whole environment for everybody so everybody can can enjoy it and I think that's something that maybe even like you're saying as I was talking to my husband like we've got a a compost bin that we're going to start doing which I'm quite excited about um, but my my husband says like this is us going back to like you're saying so his papa was 80 and when he was young 
everybody recycled everything, you know. They did recycle, you know, things and put the, the tea bags and make their own compost. And I think somewhere along the line, well, the fastness and the internet and everything, we've lost something as a society that we just think that everything just can get renewed. You can just get something new, just forget about it, just go and get soil, just go and get this. And I think we need to start kind of looking at how we live. And everybody, I think if everybody does their own part and does even their little garden or their community in a garden or school, you know, it's going to make it better rather than, I think just now it's just getting to a stage where, you know, it's quite bad, like climate change and stuff and the weather. I mean, the weather, I can't believe in Scotland we get quite bad weather, but it's quite mild. And, you know, by now I would expect it to be frosty, to be freezing, and it's it's mild now. I mean, I would never expect, I've still got stuff in my garden growing, like in my mini allotment, and I'm like, wow, what's going on this year? It's, it's yeah. just makes you wonder. Well, I remember, like, what are we in, we're in November now, right? So, when like, years ago, like, we'd be getting snow nowadays, wouldn't we? And I'm, I can still go out in shorts in November. Like, the seasons have changed so much. Um, and that means that gardens change as well at the same time, right? It's everything um, is based around the seasons. It's, it's, it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean so hard like I mean that's why it's important like educating kids now like because we're going to have a big generation hopefully that's going to actually care about the gardens the, the wildlife the environment I think the other day I thought this was I thought this sort of thing was over but I was driving down the road right and someone chucked their whole McDonald's meal at the traffic lights out the window now I remember when I was younger that happened not me, not my family, but that seemed to happen a lot. I haven't seen that in years, and then that's still happening. Like, I can't get my head around people that still have that mentality that that's someone else's problem. It's a bit like the environment. Ah, uh, don't worry about it. That'd be someone else's problem. Yeah, like, our, our kids' problem, right? Planets. Like, hey, there's a reason Elon Musk is looking to get to Mars. It's because this place ain't going to be about the way we carry on, on with it. Do you know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. Um, so literally my whole career is I'm going to try and earn enough money to make sure I'm on that ship to Mars <laughs> oh, oh that sounds interesting you know, my husband's really into like um, this space and all that stuff and he, he always says to me do you think there's like um, other lives out there and I'm like I don't, I don't know but and he's like he said to me see if you could get if, if I say if you could get a, a seat on a like like that say Mars he said would you go but you couldn't come back and I was like I don't think I would and he was like I would <laughs> I was like why and he's like because I want to see what's out there and I want to see what, what what's there and I was like mm, I don't I we're, tra- we're trashing this planet like we're, li- we're literally the people that I talk to like sometimes I feel really preachy going around talking to like people about the environment because there's a, a ridiculous amount of people that are not interested in it not really there's a you know I reckon about 80% of the people, unless I'm at a garden show, unless I'm chatting to, to lovely people like you um, who, who care about gardening, 80% of normal people that I talk to don't care. They just don't, they're not bothered. It's someone else's problem. As long as I can get from A to B, as long as I can get my food off from Tesco's, that's all they care about. And, uh, and we're just, we're, you know, with that sort of mentality... We're not going to have a planet in the future, are we? Like, it's just, like, what are we doing? Like, 
there's a good proportion of us that can do some good, but if not everyone gets on it, then what's the point? I, I was at a, uh, a show a few years ago, and I was doing, um, it was like a help desk area, and people used to come, come up to me. To be honest with you, I was there to do talk about kids gardening, right? And on that day, a garden designer hadn't turned up, and they said, Lee, can you take the questions um, for garden design? And I was like, sure, whatever, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, so many people, I reckon on that day, most of the people that come to that state, um, to that area, were asking, oh, can you tell me the best place to get artificial grass from? And I'm like, why do you want artificial grass? I'm like, oh, we've not got time to do our lawn. I was like, this, you know, this, this robot lawnmower's out there for one thing. If you, if you can't be bothered to get it, even you can afford artificial grass laid properly, I should say. It's expensive stuff. It is expensive. Yeah. Like, I think a robot is only like 600 quid, so better to get one of them. Uh, I say only 600 quid, that's quite, <laughs> quite a hefty bit of a chunk of money. But if you've got enough money to go and get artificial grass, you've got enough to get a robot. But no one thinks of the alternatives, like, and no one thinks, hey, we're taking this lawn away. Where's where's the worm? Where's the worms going to go? Where's the um, birds going to get their food from? You know, where's the wildlife going to walk? Right? Where we? I mean, I don't know if you've walked on many artificial grasses, but they're horrible. We we we've got artificial grass. We didn't put it down, but when we came into this house, it was there and part of the the grass and. It is, it's terrible, it's really hard. It's only in part of our garden. Um the bit that we've kinda done up done up had just stone so our bit that we've kinda um remodeled and we put more stuff in for the wildlife and stuff. But it is, it's I mean it's rubbish, we're gonna end up getting rid of it. Um because it it's just it's just horrible. It's just horrible. It doesn't look nice and it's so hard in the winter, like like you're saying, there's no there's no way that worms or anything could be or birds could be getting anything from it don't get me wrong we do have like we've got a border in the front garden the and the birds there's loads of stuff to eat in the back garden we've got stuff for the meat and the other side because we've got such a big garden that's what sold us the house but um my husband was like that is so expensive he said that artificial grass he said once once we we get round to doing the other side we'll get rid of it he said and we'll, we'll probably end up making it into some sort of border or things but um yeah artificial grass is is horrible and it's it it doesn't even look nice like like my husband keeps saying i wish i could hoover the grass or something because it just looks flat it's, it's not me it's like you know it doesn't look good <laughs> and it's so expensive yeah i think i don't know 100 percent those but i think the aftercare is make sure you go and hoover your grass <laughs> been with any neighbours that have hoovered their grass but I'd be like what are you doing like, that's craziness it's the same people that have artificial grass right Nikki that moan when the road floods I'm like well where do you think all the water's going like you know it's um got to think about it a lot more it's my thing got to think about it a lot more and I feel like uh, it's not being thought about yeah definitely I think it is and I think people like you say just think oh it's not my problem I mean I remember like we were laughing like we were talking about like 
like I wasn't into garden as a child but um I remember like learning at school about like the environment about how like trees were like they give you oxygen and I remember when I was like 10 my mum and dad had these like conifer trees and my mum was like that was saying oh they're annoying me there's there's midges like flying and, and it's annoying me so I went rid of them it's like 10 trees and I remember I was a wee bit like a, a protest in the house I'm like do you realise you're taking our oxygen do you realise that you're actually killing those trees they, they give us the stuff to breathe and my mum was of course nobody else in the house was like on that whole thing they were like thinking god what's she on and I'm like I was really upset about it and it did upset me my mum's like no we need to get rid of them and she did get rid of them and like now it's so funny because I've got into gardening and she's been to my allotment and stuff and now like she wants me to like get her a little bed to grow stuff next year she's like oh you need to come and show me how to grow stuff and I'm like it's so funny like I think back to like being that 10 year old and learning and and I am quite passionate about animals and wildlife and and stuff I've always kind of been like that but remember thinking they they help make our oxygen so like you're actually killing a living thing and that's what I always say to the kids you know sometimes when the kids stand on like plants and flowers I'm like they're living like us they breathe you know you're you're killing that that's a living thing it's not just a, a not just a flower you know and, and that they might they might that might be sore to them like if someone hurts you you're hurting the plant by standing on it and and they're like oh right and it just gives them like a different kind of thought about like the environment of you're actually hurting that plant and I'm like that plant that flower is is dead now it won't grow back and they're like hmm okay and and you can see them thinking about it and I think it's great to just I mean I'm quite passionate about gardening I think they were all kind of fed up with me talking about gardening (laughs) and the work but um one of my good friends um he is the reason I started the Instagram He, he said to me like in 2019 I'd been like, this was like 2018, I started doing gardening in the school, in the nursery, and he said, I think you should start your own Instagram, and I was like, nah, I said, who would want to learn, who would want to listen to me talking about gardening, and he's like, no, I think you should, and I wasn't really that interested in doing it, I thought, I won't do it, but then something happened, and maybe I knew, maybe I knew COVID was coming, but um, in December, like, I wasn't well, and I love Christmas, so apart from a garden, I really like Christmas, and I, like, I was sick that Christmas, and that Christmas, I just thought, I'm gonna, see in January, I've over, I like, overwintered herbs and stuff that I'd be looking after, and I was like, that's it, I'm gonna start it, I'm gonna start it in January, and I did, and I've never looked back, and a lot of stuff, even doing this podcast, I mean, I would never dream that I would be, talking to people about gardening yeah and like like people who know me but now that the people I've met and the things I've learned it's completely changed my life just by taking that leap of faith and taking the Instagram on and then like the allotment with like taking that on and meeting people at the allotment with their expertise and like them teaching me and then me teaching them things that I'd learned so it's like it's like a big kind of intergenerational kind of we're all learning because there was the kids and then there was like you know our age like middle-aged kind of people and then there was older people who were in this like 60s 70s 80s and I think it's brilliant to think that all those different age groups were all together and sometimes I think you don't even realize the impact of like people like kids see when see when you're gardening with kids I think it's amazing because you see the wonder in their eyes of 
when they see things growing and they're like, wow, it's a flower, it's growing, and like I grew that, and it's it's just that great, it's just a great thing to see, and I think that older people, you know, they love to be with kids, so they and watch them and teach them stuff, and it just brings them joy to just have yeah. kids about talking to them and I know that for the pandemic a lot of um and after it like when the kids came back some of the um a lot of members were saying how it had it had brightened their days up because they knew they were coming to see the kids that week and it was only once a week for a couple hours and you don't even realize the impact of on people's mental health and about how it's making it's actually cheering somebody up to see some kids and just watching them and put the like doing the garden with them this is amazing like like through the pandemic like I, I really struggled through the pandemic I had a, a terrible time and well we, we all did right but like for me personally I was just, it was just um, my mental health like proper dropped throughout, um, throughout the pandemic and it's only, only really just started end of this year starting to get better and it's only doing like I, I, I started doing loads of lives at the start of the pandemic doing the kids garden continuing the kids garden as well really got me through it like being out in the garden with my daughter um was the only thing that i really cared about in in that moment because yeah i, I just I, I, you know i used to be before pandemic i used to be one of them people that and i feel i am ashamed to say this because it's you know it's not um you know you don't get me people saying that, i suppose but i was one of them people that thought mental health was a load of rubbish i just thought Oh, you know, just cheer up. Like, it's that, you know, go and do something fun and you'll be fine. And and then when I actually did have a mental health, like, problem and really had a proper breakdown, I was like, oh, shoot. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, I sort of get it now. Um, and it was only Garden that really got me through that, to be honest with you. It was only... only being able to get outside and either have that alone time on my own or have that time with my daughter um, or even just sharing my ideas with, with other um, families that um, that helped me get through it. Definitely. I mean, I, I suffered through lockdown. I'm quite a big family person and where, where we live, um, my mum and dad stay in Glasgow so and I stay outside Glasgow. So the way that the lockdown was we couldn't see each other so and I wasn't at work because I'm, I'm asthmatic so I was not at work from March until August of 2020 so I, I couldn't go to work they wouldn't let me go to work because they were too scared that I would catch Covid so I was stuck at home or I went to the allotment like once a week which to be honest like you're saying it was a godsend to me but I couldn't see my mum and dad I couldn't see my nephews who were three at the time and it was and my brother and it just really I, I struggled with the fact that I couldn't see people I struggled with the fact of that you were kind of stuck and even though it's your own house and sometimes you would say I mean I remember before the pandemic I would be like oh I'd just love to have just a wee day just working for home or something and just be in the house it'd be great wouldn't it but the greenhouse and the garden and the allotment like saved me. I mean, there was days, something, and I'm, I'm being honest. There was days where I would just end up, I would just be crying. I'd wake up, and I'd just be crying because, and my husband was, because he was furloughed for part of it, and then he went back to work. But my husband has depression and anxiety, but his mental health actually 
got better during the during the pandemic because he said he wasn't at work with the stress because it was so stressful at work. So he said he liked it because he was in in the house with me and the dog in the garden. So he was going out in the garden and it was just he didn't have to think about work. He didn't have to think about I've got to get this job done. I've got to get that done. I've got this. That. So he whereas to me it was like. I was really struggling, like, and the garden did. The garden definitely saved me an allotment, saved me and gave me a bit of sanity um, during the pandemic because I hated not being able to see people. And I think a lot of people were probably the same as well. And I think as well, there's anxiety as well because um, I had, like, the flu before the before the COVID kind of hit. So one of my lungs got damaged, so I couldn't, wear a mask so when I was out I, you know it starts to be that you start I started to think I can't wear a mask in, in, in the pandemic and, and and you do get a bit worried because you're thinking it's here you can't see it and I thought I'm, I'm going to end up getting it and you get yourself into a, a kind of scared state but yeah at the, the garden I definitely say that the garden and the allotment was what kind of got me through the pandemic because it got it gave me something to get up and be part like think about purpose and it gave me something to do like I, I enjoyed doing like videos like you're saying I would do videos for the the nursery Facebook and I'd be in my conservatory or in my greenhouse and I'd, I'd set it all up and I'd say today I'm going to be doing this and then I would do them little, little videos of right oh right I've planted my sunflowers so that's them starting to grow and yeah I would do wee bits and say how are you getting on and they would send me answers back and there'd be pictures and um, it gave me and you know this was for me you know I remember my boss like she gave us this presentation to do and it was and I, I'm a nursery teacher so I mean I meet people all the time and it's it's fine I, I, I don't mind but she wanted us all to stand up and speak to parents like 30 40 parents and I thought I can't do that I was like that giving me I'm really scared about doing that and she was like no you'll be fine you'll be fine and then um, I'm like oh my, and I did do it and I, and I I honest I hated it right at the time before the pandemic I hated it I thought I just went up and got it done and then like my boss was wanting us to make videos and I was like oh my god I don't want to make a video like a video of me why I can't do it but then so then I made it I guess this is how I tell people how my videos I, I kind of started to think about them in the sense of that for me to make a video I pretended that I was the people I was talking to were like my friend so I would I would talk to the camera and that was filming me in the greenhouse or whatever and I'd think I'm just telling my friend how I grow these seeds and I just started doing that and I said and that's it that's how I've ended up I just do it now. I don't even think about it now. See, now I'm just like, it's fine, I just do it. Whereas before, it was like, I was like, oh no, I don't want to do it. And then it'd be like 25 takes. Sometimes it is. Sometimes you go to talk and you're like, oh, oh d- delete, stop. But um, now it's brought me on so much confidence. And then I decided to start the podcast and start chatting to people because... I'd been doing, like, I did a blog about my husband and, like, his mental health and how it helped him and how it, it, the garden had also helped me um, and how I hadn't realised the garden. I mean, I started weeding. I still love to weed. My husband doesn't. He's like, he's like, he's like, I'm glad you like to weed. He's he hates it. Whereas I like it because I think when you look at it, you think, I've done it and it looks better. Do you know what I mean? Like, when the weeds are there... I'm like, oh, look at that, that looks, that looks fantastic, we've got the weeds out. Whereas he's just like, no, I just don't like it. And I didn't realise 
like when I was doing the weeding at first, like my husband, if he he if he was having like he was struggling with his mental health, and I was trying to process like right like things to help him and things to do and even just like just for me to get out and just kind of breathe and go right we can get through this and I started I remember texting my friend and saying I just realised when I go out to do the weeding it's actually quite good because it helps me clear my mind it helps me when I come back in I feel as if I'm like oh wow right I can feel better now and I can get on with what we need to do and it's really funny that you'd never really actually think about it. I mean, I've always loved, like, I do outdoor learning with the kids, like going out to the woods and stuff, den building, like fire pits and everything. And I've always, like, been outdoors. But I never actually thought about, like, how good being outdoors is for your mental health. I don't think you do. Because when, when I was a kid, you went out and you explored, you know. You went out and you... Where I live... Where I where I live with my mom and dad was like a it's like there's a big there's big da, a big dam and big fields and river a wee kind of stream and river and stuff so we would just go out there and just explore and see the animals and just kind of go and build tree houses and stuff you would just make dens and things and I think you don't actually realise how good it is until you actually sit sit back and think this has actually helped me and I think when I started to think about that. And people were, like, sending me messages about how gardening had helped them. And I just thought, I love to hear people's stories because I think that there's a kind of a kinda stigma in, in gardening, I think. People think, and I'd, I've had it said to me before, like, when I started saying people, oh, I do the garden, like, oh, that's for old people. I'm like, what? what? Young people aren't allowed to do it? I'm like, no, that's, like, that's outdated. Like, I think people think... And, and there is, older people do like to garden, a lot of people do like to garden, but a lot of younger people go, well, no, that's for that, when you get old, you start gardening. And I'm like, oh, well, I must be old then. And my, when I was started doing it when I was, like, in my 30s, I must be old then. And I think that there's so many young people now. See, when I look on Instagram, and even, like, Francis Tophill and stuff, I mean, they, there's so many young people in, like, Gardener's World, which... I love Gardener's World. There's so many young people on, on Instagram, on TV, and I think we need to change the whole attitude of that gardening's for older people because it's for yeah. everybody. Yeah, I, I feel like I've seen such a massive shift. When I first got into gardening, I, I remember when we used to go on stage and it was me and my brother and we were in our 20s and the rest of the lineup was just old um, people. <laughs> <laughs> older people, older people, and um, and like, I've seen a massive shift in the, in the people that are either in the industry or just on online doing it. And I mean, the pandemic has helped massively with that. Obviously, um, you know, instead of people going to Yates's on a Saturday, they're out in the garden. I don't know if you have a Yates's up in Scotland. Do you have Yates's? We do, yeah, we do. I, I mean, we. I don't know. I don't know if they're so popular now. You, we did have Yates's or like um, Wetherspoons or like Lloyd's. Same thing. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Many other <laughs> But obviously the pandemic come along, we couldn't go to them, could we? So um not that I go to Yates's anymore anyway, but um so everyone was out in the garden a lot more and I feel like people experienced something that you people were pushed in, let's be honest, people were pushed into gardening because there was nothing else to do and a good majority of them younger people have, have stuck with it because they've realised how good it is for like, their mental health and 
like podcasts like this and uh, other podcasts and, and blogs and stuff talking about mental health, people start thinking about it a lot more. Like I said earlier, like it wasn't something I thought about beforehand. I, I didn't understand it, and now we're talking about it a lot more. It, it, it makes a lot more sense, and people realise that ah, that gardening stuff actually does help me. That actually is something for me to focus on, or something that just takes me away from it. Like I get, you know, the weeding thing. I love doing a bit of weeding. It's probably the most. Um, is that a puppy? Like, I don't want to come, that puppy come and take me down the. the, the <laughs> oh no, no! It, it, my door. Sh- I'm in. I'm in. Um, I'm in my bedroom. There's a couple of doors. <laughs> <laughs> she's probably heard something. She's a German Shepherd. She's very protective. <laughs> but no, she'll be fine. <laughs> My husband's watching her. He's babysitting her. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, like like that's the thing. Like people realise it more because we're talking about it and we're, we're we're thinking about how we can look after our mental health. Because beforehand, I certainly didn't look after my mental health before for it. Maybe I was doing it already without really knowing it because I was gardening before. But now I make sure that however busy my week is, however um, busy my day is even actually, um, as long as I get outside, touch a bit of soil, maybe it's just a little bit of weed and maybe, I mean, I've got a new garden that's, that's, that's pretty overgrown, so maybe it's just clearing an area. As long as I make sure I do get a little bit of something outside, um, I know that one, I'm, I'm doing a job that is gonna eventually make something look lovely, but also, without really knowing it, I'm doing good to, to my head. You know what I mean? And, and that's the same. Like that's the same for my um, my daughter. Like I'm. I don't, I'm not saying that we massively talk about mental health with her. Um, she's only six six years old. I, I think she does do bits of school about it. But I'm trying to make sure that we get outside together, just a little bit away from the screen, away from being inside. Um, and do something in the garden, whether it's learning about something or just just having fun. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, just running around, um, having fun. Um, as long as we do a little bit of that every single week, every weekend, then I'm happy. Do you know what I mean? So, um, like, I remember the days of, you talk about tree climbing, I remember the days of, like, skating outside my house, Climbing up the tree that was literally next door to my house, a massive tree. It was ridiculous, and we used to get right to the top. Pretty dangerous. Like, I wouldn't let Olive go up there now if it was me. Um, she couldn't anyway because they cut the tree down, and then they put a load of like wet paint stuff around it. You can't even climb up it anymore. The council, innit? Council, got it. Um, I remember those days, and and you know, there's not as much of that for children to do. So we sort of need to you know make those moments happen i think um because it's incredibly important um you know i i feel like like i said my mental health really crashed um last year and uh, at the time i wasn't i wasn't really thinking about my daughter's mental health they, they went, went through a lot as well all the kids went through a lot not going to school and i'm not going to nursery and um as much as we all put a brave face on it so the kids they're they, they struggled through it as well, so um, we have to remember that sometimes. Definitely, um, I think I think something is that I'm quite keen about teaching kids about is just talking about your emotions because sometimes I think kids don't even understand how they're feeling. Um, we've got I, I put it on my page like there's a great book I think you get it on Amazon. It's called The Color Monster, and it's it just explains all different. It's a bit like Inside Out. Have you ever seen Inside Out the movie? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It, I mean, I love that movie. Yeah, it, It's just brilliant. So the colour monster's kind of like that and that he's got all these different colours and 
you know, it's like, even if the child can't say, um, I, I just don't know how I'm feeling, I'm mixed up, there's like, like confused, like sad, happy, angry, scared, um, calm, there's a calm one, you know, when he's outside, and it's like, sometimes like, at, so we've got a colour monster, and I think it's great that what we do is a teddy, and I'll talk to the kids like together in a wee group and say right how are you feeling today and I'll say if you're feeling worried what I'll do is I'll write this down in this piece of paper I put it in the colour monster and he's magic and what he does is he'll take your worries away so you tell me how you're feeling and then I can help you and I think that's I think that's something that we need to learn to tell kids and everybody even us is that it's okay to ask for help and I think when when I was growing up, it was kind of, you, you did just kind of, if you fail, you would just get on with, you're all right, fine, you're all right, and you didn't really talk about how you felt, you know, it was just, it wasn't what was done when we were, you know, in the 80s, it was like, you just got on with it, you didn't talk about, like, how you were feeling, and I don't even think, you know, people even realised that they were maybe even suffering from, me- from mental health, they just kind of thought, oh, I'm just a bit down, or like, oh, I just feel dead sad or fed up, and I think if the more we talk about, like, people talking and getting help, I think the better it's going to be for us all, because I think if you can even talk as a family, and it's great, like you're saying, you talk to your daughter um, about, you know, mental health, because my mum and dad, they, um, before I met my husband, I'd never really come across you know mental health or depression or anything so even for my mum and dad and just talking about it so we like talking to them about openly about you know um the signs of depression and stuff because when my husband was suffering from depression we didn't we didn't even know at the time you know we were in our mid-20s and we'd we'd just moved in together our first kind of house we'd bought and and it was me like kind of researching into things and seeing the symptoms and just thinking there's not there's something there, it, you know, when his mum was just maybe going, oh, he's just in a mood or something. But then I was like, no, it's not. There's something there. And I had, I researched, like, on NHS website, was looking into things, and I saw the symptoms, and I thought, this is what this is what he's experiencing. And I started to think, this is this depression, you know. And then we had the chat of sitting down and saying, you know, and he came to the kind of conclusion he stepped. Because you do, I think, even he was looking into things and stuff and I was like I think you've got depression but it's okay like we'll get we'll get you help you know and I think at first I was kind of when I talked about it even in work I did get kind of negative feedback like I, I had some people saying oh just tell me to get on with it or um you know oh just 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 leave him just go and get an, just go and get another boyfriend because I mean I wouldn't be living with him if he's like that and I was like huh hang on a minute here you don't just leave somebody when they're struggling you love somebody and you go through the ups and downs I'm like what would happen if I was struggling so he's just to leave me that I said that's not what you do when you love somebody but then maybe at that time that was when I was I was like 25 at the time so maybe back then people didn't talk about it as much people just kind of did think get up and go on wait and you know oh, they'll be fine just tell them to go and go and go for a walk or something they'll be fine and just get on with it and I, it was kind of swept under the carpet whereas now like people on instagram us having this conversation like even in celebrities coming out and saying you know that they've they've got mental health you know i think the more you talk it's better for people to be able to say and now um 
Like I went to my new workplace, I've been there three years. And when I went there, I just said to like my friends, or I just openly would speak about it. So like, even if my husband was having a bad week or something, I'd just say, oh, my, my husband's not great this week. So, you know, I'm I, I'm probably not going to be great because I'm a bit worried about him. And you, and you do, it, it's true. Um, I was talking to, I don't know if you follow the, the Bearded Growers, and I was talking to Jess, and, yeah. and she was talking to me about even though you don't, have depression when your partner's upset it actually affects you as well because then you can't go to work because you and you're going to work and you're worrying about them and you just want to be with them because you just want to make it okay for them and I think sometimes people don't realize that even the people who care for people actually are struggling because they've just they it's true if my husband's not feeling great I just want to be I just want to be with him and just tell him it's all right and just make things better and I think sometimes you struggle to to go to work and function because you just want space that they can talk about how they're feeling and um definitely I tell I, I tell everybody about the color monster because I just think it's great I think for you know kids that are you know, in school, primary school, early primary school, or even uh, even primary school and nursery kids. I think it really everybody could kind of um, learn from it, and I think it's great. And or paths we do paths. I don't know if you, you do paths in your school in England, but we do paths, which is talk. It's the same thing. Talk about friends, emotions, um, and like there, there's puppets and different things and things that happen to the puppets. So sometimes it's good to just have that chat, and sometimes. You get things yeah. like sh- shared that maybe you wouldn't get normally. That kids would just kind of tell you how you're feeling, and I think once you start kind of speaking to them about it, the more they'll come up and say, "Oh, I need help," you know, and tell you how they're feeling. And I think we just, even with adults, I don't know. I think we adults we just need to just keep talking and just kind of doing podcasts and things like this and more people talking about it and more awareness and just kind of saying it's all right to talk it's all right no to be okay it's okay to say look I'm I'm not great and um and there shouldn't be a stigma a stigma by saying you know I've got depression I've got you know I've got bipolar uh, you know it, people should just it should be just a conversation and I think what a good thing that we maybe need to do in all workplaces and is maybe learn how people sometimes maybe don't know what to say so maybe if we had like a I know if we had some sort of framework or or our kind of guidance and how things you could say to somebody when they they tell you stuff as well because I think sometimes people maybe say the wrong thing or um they don't know what to say so they back away from people which then gives somebody a kind of like well I can't tell that person any anything anymore because they've backed away from me which then makes them kind of shut up which which then that's kind of what happened to me in my first workplace when um I kind of said when I was struggling because my husband was struggling at the time and I kind of just kept it into myself and I didn't I didn't go to anybody again after that because I would just go to my mum or like Neil's mum um, or his dad you know I would just go elsewhere because I thought I can't go into work and tell people because nobody's going to support me which in a way is kind of sad um, but through gardening I've met loads of people and um, yeah. even like my friends I've got now in my workplace like they're so supportive and stuff um, and 
I can tell them anything, which is, it makes a difference, I think. See, when you, you have people that you can talk to openly about stuff, yeah. it definitely makes a difference. The biggest thing that I, I, I learned, this is the biggest, this is the biggest take home from, from everything that I've, I've been through with my depression is that um, don't waste your time trying to explain it to people that will never get it. Look for the people that will be a, a positive and support you, and, and instantly understand. It. As soon as you say, "Can I speak to you about something?" and and you start going into it, and and they they either just listen, and they sit back and go, "I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to answer this, but we can talk about it more," or um, or just like I'm there for you. Those are the people you want to look for. Those are the people, the positive people that are really gonna um, help you. People that and it's, and in my experience, at, uh, you know, like I say, I've got a great family, but in my experience, trying to tell someone that doesn't want to hear it or doesn't want to understand it, and spending that time trying to 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 go through that process and wasting it actually makes you worse because you feel like you're trying to validate your feelings to someone. Um, and I spent a lot of time doing that. I spent a lot of wasted time trying to get help and advice from people that just didn't want to uh, understand it. But, but, you know, I, like I said earlier, like I was one of those people once upon a time. Like, and uh, I'm ashamed to say that I, I, you know, some people I didn't help um, because I didn't understand it. So, so yeah, that's my biggest thing. Don't, don't waste your time um, trying to convince people or, or get people to understand it because some people just will never do it. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with you on that point. That I don't think you, I don't think you do understand it until you have suffered from it, or someone you really love, and you're close to suffers from it. And I think that once people have people who you know suffer from mental health, I think then, like you're saying, they kind of think, oh, like you're saying, like you you kind of thought, oh wow, that's why people how they struggled, and I think. That's that is probably the probably like you're saying about some people might think oh it doesn't really affect me so I can't see it or are they just not educated not had not had the kind of um experience with it and they just yeah they say the wrong thing which then kind of upsets you but I think it is getting better I think it definitely is getting better um and like when I talk to people now about the gardening and I say because at first I didn't tell people either that I had like Instagram or. Um, that I was doing it all in the event. I would only I told five of my friends, my husband, and um, I didn't even tell my mum and dad at first. My mum and dad aren't on Instagram; they're not into that kind of thing. <laughs> but um, like, I didn't tell anybody because I kind of thought, oh, I don't like. I just kind of didn't know how to tell people. But now, like, I tell I'll go into work and I'll say like, oh, I've got my Instagram, I've got TikTok, and like some people in my work who um like just had had tiktok like oh, i'm gonna follow you and and stuff whereas before i was maybe a bit scared to like like people to follow me and i don't even know why i think it was just like probably i didn't even really know what was going to happen from instagram myself um and then i thought well do you know what What what's the point in being hiding it because and like now i've started saying oh i've got a podcast now i've started and i'm talking to gardeners about mental health and stuff and everybody's like oh that's brilliant and um i'm like yeah i said it's great you know because i didn't expect to be doing it and i think yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful community as well like 
you know, everyone on, in the gardening industry and in on Instagram and stuff are, you know, relatively nice people. Do you know what I mean? Like, relatively. Most of them no. are great people. <laughs> no, they, they are. It's so positive on in Instagram and even on TikTok and Twitter. Twitter is... Twitter's been really positive for me as well. Um, Facebook, I think, I just kind of, Facebook, I think, is kind of, it's dying. But it's really negative on Facebook, I think. I think sometimes even, like, when you go, I've been on, like, gardening forums and you ask a question. It's generally, like, you know, like, you're saying, oh, can I get help with this? And you get a kind of cheeky comment back from someone. And I'm like, I'm only asking you how, how for help you know you don't have to be cheeky at me about it like and i think that's not really part of the 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 thing you should really be helping each other not saying a cheeky comment of you know oh you should know that or whatever it's not going to help anybody and then it just it, it just makes it horrible and i think a lot of people even um a lot of people i've spoke to have said that facebook's kind of there's been negative comments they've got on it and which is sad, and I, even in general, I think I used to have a Facebook because Nikki Gardner is, is obviously it's not my it's not that's not my name. My name is Nikki, but I just I made up I made up like Gardner Nikki because it was just like I'll just make that name up, um, and even on my own like personal Facebook, which I don't have anymore. I I just got rid of all my personal own stuff. It's just gardening now. Everything's gardening, and, and TikTok, Instagram, everything. <laughs> But when I got rid of my Facebook, it was the most beautiful thing in the whole world. I loved it. Everyone thought I hated them because I got rid of all my friends. I had a thousand. I've had a thousand friends on Facebook. Um, <laughs> I know. I don't be- know how. Be- how. People take it it's so personally. I remember, like, you know, you would go through and then you'd think, I don't even see these people. They used to go to school with me. I've never seen them in, like, 20 years. And then you'd, like, I'll just clean up and take people off on Facebook because they don't actually know you <laughs> anymore. And then people would take offence. And I'd be like, it's Facebook. And I, so, yeah, I just got rid of them. I'd get rid of my own personal one. And it's so much drama, like you're saying. And now it's just gardening and everything. 99%. I still get, sometimes I get the odd comment, you know, where someone will put a cheeky comment on something, um, like, about something I've done. Like, oh, that's not how I would do it. And I'm just like, well, this is how I do it, and that's how it works for me. So, like, well, you know, maybe maybe if you try, your, your way might be different, but this is the way I do it. So, and then, then I start to think I shouldn't really answer them back, because that's probably what they're wanting, to be honest, that they want... Do you know what, actually, with that sort of thing, like, I have had negative comments and stuff like that, and, and the best way that I feel like um, to deal with that is to tell them to do one. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, just ask, are you all right? Like, how, how are you? Like, going back to the mental health thing, like, people that are leaving comments on stuff like that, somewhere is some deep unhappiness um, in them, which they are throwing out negativity to, like, hide that or, or, or just, like, level that out. Um, so I so I have had negative comments before where I've been, like, private message from saying, hey, is, is everything all right? Like, yeah, and, you know, usually people are, like, they come back with even a, a worse comment to me. But some people are like, oh, yeah, sorry, I'm just saying having a bad day. Do you know what I mean? Like, so... Um, so yeah, it's a difficult one. Social media is really, really quite um, it's eye opening, isn't it? Because you because you'd never say it to someone's face, would you? So it's uh, it's in, it's an interesting one. You know I mean, like I, I like social media. One of the things I've been saying a lot to people recently, 
uh, especially as I've been getting out and about a little bit more now, is social media is amazing, um, but it's like, can, sometimes social media is not very social, for the very reason that if you're at home, great, it's amazing, um, if you're out with people, uh, and you're on it, well, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I exact exact. I was having this conversation with um on Friday last week, and we were talking about like that the exact thing you're talking. About. I said the exact same thing as you said. I said social media is good for bringing people together, but it's also, and an extent sometimes puts people apart. And I said that maybe we lose a wee bit of community, like because we all go in our house and we all shut our door. And and no, well, I haven't had any experience of it. Like neighbors just go to work, and it is busy. I to, it is busy. I'm not gonna lie. Life is busy, and sometimes you do come in, you shut the door, and you don't even think about your neighbors. Whereas I, I was talking about when we when I was younger, like neighbors would come in each other's houses, and you would go into like their house, and if your mum would like, oh, you know, Sarah needs some sugar, oh, go and take sugar into her house, and like. People would just help each other or like even babysitting, like people would say, oh, I'm going to babysit for my neighbour because they're going to work and I'm going to to look after them. And I think that, you know, even sharing extra food and stuff, I think we've lost a wee bit of community. I think everybody just kind of thinks of themselves and maybe that's how technology has made us all that because I, I mean we were laughing we went to the the museum in edinburgh and my dad with my dad and um, my dad was saying to remember when we just had phones we didn't have mobile phones and remember you didn't have he's like i remember i didn't have a, a house phone and you had to have a pay phone and i was like i remember being like at my friend's who didn't who they had to get the bus to and like having to phone my mum and be like I'm coming home soon on the bus whereas now like you know if something happened you had to go and find a payphone you didn't have a mobile phone your mum didn't know where you were she I mean you could have been anywhere <laughs> she wouldn't she wouldn't know you you were out and that was it and I think that nowadays everybody's got a mobile phone and and sometimes ah you see like sometimes when we go out for dinner um you see people and they're like this. Like, the, the couples are like this. And I'm like, they're not even talking to each other. That doesn't look like a nice date, does it? They're not even looking at each other. Like, they're just looking at their phones. But they probably are. They're probably like, I'm really having a good time. I'm really having a good time. But nobody's talking to, <laughs> nobody's talking to each other. And I'm like, and, and we, well, we are a bit, um, we do like sometimes like to people watch, see what's happening. We're like, oh, what's going on there? <laughs> that must be a first date. <laughs> but, you know, and it is, it's, it's, it can bring people together, but it also it can definitely. And it was good during lockdown, not to replace because it's never the same. And it, Zoom and stuff was is never the same. You just want to see people, but it was good for that sense. But I think yeah, maybe it can take over. And things like uh, yeah, people can get a lot of negativity, and I think people don't realize the consequences of what they're saying. You know. Like, if you're doing, you don't know how your words are going to affect somebody, but even in real life, but you don't know how your words are going to affect somebody by saying that to them. And like you said earlier, would you say that to someone in their, their face? Would you say that to them? And think about, like, how would you feel if you, if that person said that to you? And I think sometimes it's a wee bit, my husband calls them keyboard warriors sometimes. Like, they're on their keyboards and they type things and then you think he's like they don't actually realize 
they don't care because you'll never find them, you know. And Facebook won't do anything about it anyway. He's like, so people just like, I can say anything and I'll never, and nothing will happen to me. I mean, I was, I was, I watched Emmerdale. I don't know if you're a fan of the soap, but I was getting quite, it's not even real, right? My husband has to tell me this all the time. It's not real. And and there was a wee girl on it that was getting bullied. And, like, she she got a caution. And they were like, they, they just got a caution and said, oh, don't, don't do that again. And I was like, how does that teach young people? I mean, I'm not by any means saying she should have been in jail or anything. Maybe, maybe some community service or something, you know. Or go somewhere where people have been bullied and talk to them and how they felt. But I was like, that, that girl didn't get anything didn't you she got told please don't do that you've made that person feel upset and I kind of thought what does that teach what does that teach people you can do something and you can say these really mean things that could have really bad consequences to someone and you just get told please don't do that again and yeah. I think we need to take it more seriously and like social media that people have to be careful like what they say I think, I, think, I mean, I feel, um, I find it difficult to have an opinion on it anymore. I used to, I used to, you know, I used to be one of those people on Facebook and say, hey, how you doing? Like, and speak to people that I ain't spoke to in years and then wouldn't say hello to in the street. Like, that's one reason I come off Facebook is because I had friends that were on there and I'd like one of their posts or something like that and then I'd see them in the street, wave to them and they'd just blank me. Do you know what I mean? So, um and for me, like, especially, I mean, through pandemic times, social media was handy, like, it was, you know, especially when you weren't seeing people. Now we can start seeing people again. I've, start, I've started to take apps off my phone, especially, um, I do it from, I only have apps on my phone from Monday through to Thursday. And Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't have anything on there. I just delete them off there because that's the time that I want to send with my family. I don't want to have distractions. Um, if you go and delete, your apps off your phone for the weekend, you will notice a massive difference in how many times you pick up your phone to check out what, I don't know, Stacey Solomon's up to. <laughs> I don't know. I, like my wife's always like, oh, you're never going to believe what Stacey's done now. And I'm like, oh, Stacey who? Stacey Solomon. So she talks about her like she's like a mate or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, don't, I don't care what... Stacey Solemn's done to a bathroom. Do you know what I mean? I'm not bothered. Like, we're here. Like, let's, let's concentrate on right now and, and our, our own experiences. Um, like I say, like, I think uh, it's, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like, also, my daughter's cousin, he's seven now, and he's just got himself an iPhone. He didn't buy himself it. His dad got it for him. Um, and now all this, like, oh, Dad, can I get a phone? I'm like, one, you're not getting a phone until you go to secondary school. Two, you are going to get a Nokia 3210, just like your dad did. Yes. If you, want to, if you want to sit on it and play Snake till your heart's content, go for it. But uh, that's the only phone you'll be getting. Because, like I say, like social media is amazing bringing people together. I've made some of my best mates um, in the past probably four years in gardening through social media. That I wouldn't have met before. I'd never met them, obviously. You know, you wouldn't, you don't. You meet people around your own area, didn't you? Um, so it's amazing for that. I just think, as a society, we need to remember to use it as a tool rather than part of our daily life. Like it shouldn't be. I was thinking the other day, right, Nikki? Remember the days? I don't know if you do. I don't, I don't even know if I did, but maybe I didn't make the most of it. I was quite an introvert kid when I was younger. You stood in the queue and you just either stood there 
all chatted to someone behind it. Like, I was stood in the queue the other day. A little old lady started chatting to me. I was like, what the hell do you want? Like, what are you chatting to me for? And <laughs> I didn't say that to her. I just say that. It's a lovely conversation. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. You want to be so nosy for? She was only asking how I was. <laughs> I like, but, um, but because usually we're all just stood there looking at our phones, looking at rubbish that we weren't going to remember in an hour's time. Um, so we're losing that sense of communication. No wonder older people want to talk to us in the street because they remember and know how to speak to people. Oh yeah, definitely. I was I was saying to my husband um, on Friday, I was like, uh, uh, an old lady was like just just randomly started saying to me, um, like I I was walking like outside at work and she just was like, I think it's going to snow, and I was like, um, I I don't know if it will. Like yeah, it's a bit warm, and that, that, so then I started having this conversation with this woman, and I'm like, she's like, yeah, I think it is going to snow, hen. I think it's going to snow in, in Halloween, and I'm like, all oh, right, did it say that in the weather? She's like, yeah, I could be wrong. I'm like, oh, well, you you never know, and I thought it was just a random conversation. I'll never see that get that that lady again. But yeah, like my mum, she was bad for that. Like, I would go to shops with her, and she would just be chatting to someone. I'd be like, is that? And after after the conversation had ended, I'd be like, who's that person? Like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Who is that person? She like I, I was just chatting to her. She was she was getting something for her daughter and I was just helping her. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, but also, like some people, like you having that conversation about the weather could have just changed that, that lady's day. You know what I mean, like yeah, de- yeah, definitely. Like my mother in law, she works in Morrison's, and I always talk about like I think I always see because I'm a because I'm a nursery teacher. I always think about like like you're saying so people's days. So like if someone comes and chats to me, I think. I could be the only person that person speaks to that day. You don't, I mean, we don't know. Not everybody it is, but you having that conversation with that person could be the only conversation or the only person that speaks to that person that day and they could, it it changes their life for that day that they've, they've spoke to you and they've actually reached out to somebody and had a wee conversation and it's made their day and it might have brightened up their day. I mean, she was just, the woman was just sitting kind of herself. So she's obviously thought, I'm going to talk to this young girl and I had a conversation with her about the weather and like, oh, I need to go back to the, <laughs> need to go back to my work now. And, and I think, yeah, I always think that sometimes, like, and sometimes in society and, and even in workplaces, I think that, you know, workplaces like bosses and stuff might say, Oh, you 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 can't talk for too long. You can't do this. You can't do. You need to like even like an Aldi or Lidl like drives me crazy, right? Because you they don't speak to you. They just scan and throw stuff at you, which really like freaks me out. My husband, he, what he likes to do, right, is stand at the end of the 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 aisle and just pack into his back one by one while looking at the person. I'm like they've they've been told they have to get that by a certain amount of time. He's like I'm getting my shopping. <laughs> I'm not being mushed out, but it, 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 I hate it. It's like it's like supermarket sweep, and I think yeah. what are what are you, what are people getting out of that? So imagine you're in Aldi and you're thinking you're like someone's not got as lonely, doesn't see anybody. Hopefully, I'm I'm not saying Aldi's a bad store. You can still go to Aldi, <laughs> but like that someone's like thinking I've not seen anybody, I've not spoke to anybody, and this person is just doing their job, just firing things at them randomly. <laughs> And then it's like, right, six pound, please. Right, see you later. And that person's thinking, okay, bye. 
and nobody's yeah. interacting with them. But yeah, I, I think say, yeah, physical can really change our life and other people's lives. So I think we uh, remember that. And you know, as Evan Gardner, as a subject we can talk about rather than don't get me wrong, I've gone to the weather chat a lot. I use it as a lot as a as a um, tool to get me out of conversations. Great weather, isn't it? Yeah, great bye. But like having gardening as a hobby or something to talk about, it gives you something, you know, like a focus to, um, like it brings people together. So that's the amazing thing about it. That's what I love about it. Definitely. One of my work colleagues, he asked me um, the other day, he said to me, um, how can you talk so long about gardening? And I said, see when you talk to, see when gardeners get together and they start talking, they could talk for a long time. And he's like, but obviously he doesn't do gardening, so he's just thinking, how could you? And it's like a passion, so anybody could talk about their passion for a long time. Yeah. So I think people just think, what? They might, and they're like, what do you talk about on your podcast? And I'm like, I'm like, you just talk. I said, some, and some people do. Some people, it's like, they just talk to you, and it's like, it's dead hard to judge because, like, I was using Zoom. And then, like, the Zoom that I've got, is only, it does 45 minutes. But then sometimes I would send two links because sometimes people would t- over-talk. But then sometimes yeah. people would talk and it would be, like, 30 minutes. And I'd be like, but, oh, I'm like, okay, I'll let you go now. <laughs> because you, you, it, it just depends how chatty people are and see if they're dead passionate and they talk about, like, like you're saying gardening. Then you end up, you're like, wow, I've talked for all that time about gardening and, and stuff. And you don't even realise you're... It's been that long. That's the thing. It's so funny you say that because I've just, I've just um, obviously you mentioned age, like ages ago. I talk, I do a podcast as well, and I've just, um, I, I've just finished doing my phone in shows. I'm finishing doing that. I, I did a phone in that again, literally got me through a through a lot. Um, and obviously now we're sort of coming out of pandemic. It's sort of at a, I feel like it's at its time. Mm-hmm. But I love long form conversations. Like I love them. I, I, I've I done a lot of interviews in my time. I think I've done about 400, almost 500 episodes of, of, of podcasts. And um, and I've had a lot of guests on. And, you know, they're 30-minute chats, 15-minute, 20-minute chats. Like you say, it's, it's a, it's, you've got to find that. you got to find the right people that can have the chat. Like, there's some great, lovely people mm-hmm. sometimes can't have the chat. But I love long form, and I'm literally just changing the podcast. So, and, and Nikki, you must come on. We can talk more about Aldi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to put it out there, Aldi is a good store. I just don't like the fact they throw they throw the the, the stuff at you. So you can shop Aldi. They do have nice yeah. plants. <laughs> not that I'm slagging Aldi. <laughs> literally, like the next year, I'm, I'm I'm like changing the podcast a bit where it is long form conversations where there's not a time limit about stuff. We can go on like little tangents and slag off Aldi. But <laughs> that's the great thing. That's how conversations are. And I feel like sometimes we try and fit, especially in podcasting world, right? We try mm-hmm. and fit into like a little soundbite. Life ain't a soundbite. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, we've got so much, just so much more relaxed when we've got a long time. Yeah, definitely. And sometimes, like, I think when people are interviewing well my when i interview someone it's really just a chat like you know has the interview started i don't i don't <laughs> what time we started has it started now? have you asked me a question yet i don't know yeah i asked you one <laughs> <laughs> and and like i just I, I, and people like will message me not you didn't you were fine but like some people have messaged me and said what are we going to talk about and i'm like you 
You you just talk yeah. to me about you. Uh, that's what I want. That's what the the podcast is about. You and I'll chat to you about what what how you started gardening. What's your story? You know you don't need. It's not. It's not an essay. It's not. It's not that I'm going to say. I want to know this, 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 and this. This. It's really just about like you're saying, connecting, chatting, and yeah, like even like you're saying, just you go on tangent and start talking about other stuff that you you know, you didn't even think you would even talk about. Because I think sometimes when it's a bit regimented, then that kind of puts people... Well, I know it would for me as well, would be if you said, I have to talk about this, this and this, I would be sitting studying going, I have to do that, I'm not talking about this, I need to put that. And it would it would kind of lose the whole kind of flow. Well, I to, I, yeah, well, I try not to do... The thing with podcasting is I try not to do too much research. In fact... That's an exaggeration. I do no research on the person, right? Because if you were going to go and meet someone, say we were going to go on a date, right? Actually, this is, maybe nowadays people would through Facebook, but you wouldn't do like loads of research on the person, know everything about them beforehand, and then go and have a conversation with them, right? So it's more inquisitive to find out and through a long conversation or however it is, rather than just having boom, question, 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 question. Like one of the worst, um, uh, worst interviews I've ever done. I've not ever said this before, but I'll say I don't. That's what it is what it is? It never went to end. I never put it out, and it was with Jimmy Doherty. Now Jimmy, as I said earlier, was someone that sort of put put us on the media path to fame. Not really fame, but <laughs> whatever. This yeah, is, you are. Doing. You're famous in the gardening world. Whatever this is, <laughs> um, but I did an interview with him because he was so used to that just questions that it it didn't flow and it didn't really I didn't feel I didn't feel like it was something that I could really get into. He only gave me like ten minutes and it didn't really, you know, it just didn't feel. Yeah, it was it was a bit kind of staged, prepared. Yeah, then I had like Frosty for instance, Adam Frost, the, the most beautiful geezer ever like to, to interview because he again i didn't really know much about him beforehand but just so relaxed when he chats and you can ask him anything he'll have an answer for it and, and go on a long one matt biggs from gardener's question time another guy who just can talk and you can ask him a question he would have done this hour and a half, half podcast on that one question and not even let you speak he would have done a whole answer for it um so you find people like that are are good and and sometimes it's it's um all I've realised is it's been a bit of a lesson in just trying to to squeeze out some some stuff and try and make people relax. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I'm on this is this so this is my tenth podcast. So I've found what you're saying that sometimes it is a bit hard. Like there's people who there's people who will chat like and chat and chat like no and that's what what you're saying about having a podcast having no time like I think like no time limit because sometimes I feel like I'm taking off I'm I'm, I'm ending the conversation because I think I really could probably go and chat to you but I can't because the meeting's finished and it's like we just we can't so and I'm like I need to look at a different way to like record stuff because um and there is people who who are so fascinating. I mean, Maria, who I had on um, recently, what a fascinating woman. She, you know, talk, she was talking about her mental health, talking about how she did her gardening up, uh, her gardening up and stuff. And it was just, 
I could have talked to her for days. She was so interesting. And then sometimes there's people who maybe are maybe just a bit nervous or maybe maybe just they don't know what to say and maybe like that they've got themselves so like rigid about what they're going to say. It's like it's an it's an interview and I'm like it's it's not really an interview, it's just a chat. Um and, and I have to kinda work about right, how can I kinda move this conversation on? How can like in and, and I can almost feel it. It's like a it's like a kind of tension thing. Like so it's like just that thing that you think, right, I'm gonna have to try and move this on a wee bit and and it's hard for to kind of because it's not something that that I'm natural to is and is is interviewing people is you know for me I just like to talk to people about their garden and just kind of see where it goes and like we've talked for ages like I didn't even I'll be honest I didn't really even think that much about like chatting to you tonight I thought right, I'm, I knew we were chatting and I thought I'm just gonna go in and just chat and wing it and see yeah. how it goes it might be might be ten minutes it might be two hours. Oh. I wish you told me that I would have finished two hours ago. As human beings, I think sometimes we, we um, uh, find it difficult to either big ourselves up or talk about ourselves. And, you know, um, luckily I've got such a big ego, I've not got that problem. But uh, <laughs> some of us do, so it's hard sometimes. But it's an amazing thing to get into. Like, I, I love your podcast. I really enjoy listening to it. And um, you've got a lovely way of... of um, getting information out do you know i was so you know i'll be honest right that i'm gonna be honest with you here 100 percent. when you commented on my linkedin i was like oh my goodness <laughs> like <laughs> like because i was listening to your podcast thinking you are you are big in the gardening world thinking wow he's commented on my linkedin said that my and said that my podcast was good now to me i'm thinking i'm just me i'm just trying stuff um and i thought it was it, it it was good and it made me feel wow a sense of achievement that you had commented on my post because like following you and listening to your podcast I kind of thought wow that's amazing for someone who's been doing it like you've been doing it and I'm just starting out so thank you for the the compliment what can I say my head is so big now I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get out of this <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you know like, but definitely I, I'm, I, I love Adam Frost he is like one of my favourite gardeners. Him, Monty, although my husband, he, he's, he kind of slags me because it was Monty's, there's Monty on. I'm like, Monty is like the best gardener ever. Like, I like Adam Frost as well. And I like Francis. I think, yeah, I think Monty gets a bad rap and I've given him a bad mm-hmm. rap sometimes. But actually, he, he does some really great stuff. And if I'm honest, like... Um, I get to see Carol quite a bit backstage and chat to her. She's lovely. She's like my little nan backstage. She's always like really caring and, and dotting about him. But, but when I watch Gardeners World, don't tell her. Um, I sometimes skip through and Joe Swift, great guy. Sometimes oh. skip through a little bits. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I know I, I, I do like Carol Klein, but like she's okay. She's. I love them. I love her. I love her, but like she's not my favorite gardener. I love Adam. Um, it's just a, I like to see what Adam's garden yeah, up to. Yeah, me like, too. Monty, I like to see how what they're doing her. And, and I'd probably and if Joe and Carol were in their own gardens, I'd stick around and watch their bits. Like it's just sometimes when like they go into like detail on flat. Like I'm not a massive flower fan. I'm, I'm put that out there. And they go into like say a whole 
15 minutes about dahlias for instance I'm, I'm sorry if I offend you on that one but <laughs> no it's okay there are other flowers to like <laughs> who, who else what other um, gardeners do you follow what other um, like TV gardeners do you like Um, I like so I like Monty I like Adam I like Francis Tophill and I like Katie who's oh, and Alan Tishmarsh um, who else do I follow I like the Beach Grove um, do you watch the Beach Grove I've, I've watched a episode of it which probably not a great review of it but I, it wasn't I don't know it wasn't my um, it's a bit look, it's a bit old funny. it's a bit old school gardener but it's good i do like it um but yeah i like um there's a carol on there i like her she she doesn't have instagram or anything but like i i like watching her and there's brian brian who he is the head gardener in schoon palace up in perth so i quite like him so he's he's like one of the young gardeners but yeah i yeah mostly it's gardeners world gardeners world is my kind of thing that i like my husband's more into beach grove i don't uh, i don't he's he likes monty and stuff but i think he's more about beach grove i think it's because obviously like monty will do stuff because down in, in england you've you've got a better summer and stuff so up in the beach grove um they kind of we're we when they start doing stuff, we're doing it up here. Whereas I think sometimes, like, my husband goes, oh, we can't start doing that yet. What Monty, say Monty's saying, he's planting, I'm just going to say he's planting his bulbs, right? <laughs> but, like, and, and, and he'll be like, well, we can't do that for another month. So, and, but, yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. You just, I think you just have your own thing. Like, I went to Gardner's World Live, like, in 2018, and, like, I saw Monty speaking. Like, we, um, we were in the wee kind of, bit at the front one of the front rows and I was listening to him speaking but and I, I just I just love Monty I just think he's just great but I, what I like about Monty is is that I think sometimes in gardening it can be put across as like the everyday person can't do it whereas what I like about Monty is is that he is just an, an ordinary guy he's just a, he's just a guy that that started gardening you know and he just tells you his life story and he just tells you as it is. And I think for me, like, uh, what I like about Gardener's World is that it's actually his garden. Or even when Adam does it, it's in their garden. Whereas the Beach Grove is, is a garden set type. It's a garden, but they, it's not their garden, you know. <laughs> so, and it's not somewhere you can... I mean, I would love to visit Monty's garden, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. But, um, like, the Beach Grove don't let you... Just if Monty's listening, I'd love to visit your garden. <laughs> See, because it looks amazing. But the Beach Grove, they don't even let people in. You know how sometimes, like, garden, like, they'll let you go and see the gardens and go through it. No, you can't go in. Because I would love to go and see the Beach Grove. But no, you're not allowed in. Which is kind of like, hmm. That's a bit. But yes, who do you follow? <laughs> I am um, a big Frosty fan, obviously. I tell you one one TV gardener I really like is a guy called Danny Clark. I don't know if you've seen him before. I've, no, I've not heard of him. He's called the Black Gardener. He's also called the Instant Gardener. I think and I think I follow him on Instagram actually. He's such a nice guy. I met him once at an awards event, and we just chatted and chatted and chatted, and it was just like chatting to someone I'd known for years. Like he, he was so down to earth and just just. You know, just had a passion for gardening, and 
Uh, he did a great program, which um, which they have, they're never commissioned again. He has just got a, a new series out um, recently. I can't remember. I don't know what it's called, but um, but yeah, it was a program about doing up gardens. And when he did it up, you know how Titchmarsh does a garden up. And I, I, when I had him on the podcast, I did have him on this one, but he, he sort of made me feel guilty about asking the question. <laughs> in a nice way <laughs> but he has like a, a a fence panel that costs like 300 quid or something ridiculous well instant gardener that Danny Clark will do a garden up and it won't look finished because the planting won't be packed out it'll be planted as if you plant it uh, ready for it to grow and give it space to grow so it's not, an, not you know it's not it's a thousand spent on it it's showing you what you can do with a garden with very little money um, and it's just one of their makeover shows that I love. So I love I love watching him. Um, and then obviously on social media, I, I you know I watch a lot of um, garden YouTubers and and listen to mainly a lot of podcasts now. Really. Um, about yeah, uh, yeah, there is. There's some. Well, I I do follow some people on YouTube, but I am I haven't actually had a chance to check them out. Like. But yeah, I I think cause see when you see when you are doing like like you're saying like if you're drive if you're driving somewhere and you're listening to someone's podcast like it's kind of hard to fit everything in because like I work full time so like I try and do wee bits like the podcast and then I'll do like blogs I'll do like I'm going to do some blogs and then like you've got the allotment you've got like life as well you know we want family to fit in and like you see you see, you see my husband <laughs> he's like I'm like right I'm doing podcasts this week so this day this day this day uh, and um, he's like okay then <laughs> so he's like, him and the dog but you know I think it's hard to kind of fit everything in you know because he, he knows what I'm like like I'm good squinning like us chatting like it's like you just start chatting. I'm like, oh god, it's been like two hours or whatever. But I do like chatting to people and just kind of talking to them. But yeah, um, it's amazing. Like, and and actually, my husband was talking about something similar. What you were saying, like we were watching um one of the gardening programs, and he said to me, "Do you know this isn't realistic?" And I said, "What, what do you mean?" And he said the same as you. He yeah. said, "These plants are like three thousand pound." I can't afford that. Who's got? Who's going to? Who and uh, who in their right mind is going to have three thousand pounds just to go out and just go? I'm going to do that garden up there, and it's going to cost me three thousand pounds. I'm just going to go and get all the the best of the best stuff. He said, "No, not everyday people can afford that." He said, "So really, this isn't really teaching yet." And what it's saying is, they've just went there and they've just bought all their plants and put them in, and nobody, not a lot of people, unless you're very rich, <laughs> are going to be able to go and do that. So he said it should be more about, and I think he does, I think he was, yeah. he does like in Gardens World, now they have like the videos of people like showing their gardens. Like I said, there should be more of people going out to people's gardens and like them saying, how did you set up your garden? Or like, have you got any tips? Because yeah. he said it would be better than this person who's got like, I think there was, it was a lady who had like a digger. <laughs> and all, she was digging up her, her garden and she had all these fancy things and he's like a digger's like like really expensive that's probably like three grand just for the digger to hire it for a week <laughs> and I'm like I, I don't even think about these yeah, things <laughs> I'm like I don't... <laughs> and I'm like I don't even I, I don't even think about these things I just think well that's a nice garden but yet he's he's and he is he's right like he's saying 
that's not the everyday person. That's not me. It's, it, it's, no, it's probably not you. You probably haven't got £3,000 to just go, I'll just go and get all these plants and put them in. And then, like you're saying, what do you learn from that? If you put a plant that's already grew, what do you learn? Because it's just there. It's it. It's like plants always expand. Because I remember that's one of the things that I remember. Like when my husband was like started teaching me about gardening, we did like borders like together that we made, and I was saying to him at first, it looks a bit bare, and he went, no, Nicola, they they expand. So see that that gets bigger. So the reason that it looks a bit bare just now is because these plants are going to get bigger. If you don't leave enough space, they're all going to overgrow and they're all going to kill each other because there's no space. And I think, like, that's something to kind of tell people. Like, people think, well, that looks a bit bare, but it's not bare because it needs space to grow. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. One of the, one of the um, like I said earlier, I, did a, I wrote a book and um, it was how to get kids gardening and... In my old garden, I had a really long garden. I was really quite lucky. Um, it wasn't like in a, a mansion or nothing. It was just quite... Just, I was just lucky to have a long garden. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and when I moved here... <laughs> no mansion, okay. <laughs> uh, when, I moved, when I moved to this new place, I was like, I'm going to show everyone that everything that I did in that book, in that long garden, I'm going to be able to do in a small space. So I sectioned off... I mean really see it on this but I sectioned off an area outside the back of my my um like greenhouse shed it was just a fence panel by fence panel big uh and I've just started to build it up and be able to show people that don't matter what space I mean we talked about this about 10 hours ago on this podcast <laughs> but <laughs> no matter what space you've got you can do it like you can you can make a little family garden you can grow your own you can do whatever you want don't matter what size space you don't have to watch these programs we don't have to read that my book and think oh, i need a really long garden i need, need loads of space you can do it in a small space it can be done um so yeah so there's you know there's lots of ways we can do it definitely but that was something that that i've learned as well like through gardening was the i used to think you would need a garden to garden whereas now i'm like no you can do it anywhere like and I think it was on Gardener's World not that long ago, and I was telling people and work about it as well. There was um, it was a hospital, and they had grew, like fruit and veg, like inside their like staff room, and like yeah. that kind of I was like wow, like to to me I was like you can grow anywhere, you could grow anywhere in inside, you know your windowsills, like. You can grow anywhere. You don't need a garden. Yes, you're not going to have like, you're not going to have like a massive jungle of like plants because you might not have enough space, right? But you can, if you want to grow something, you could have it like a mini garden. So like now, like people, when I was speaking to like parents, like before the pandemic and stuff, they were like, I don't have a garden. And they'd be like, but you've got a veranda. Like you've got a balcony. So like you could have a couple of pots, You you, you know, or if you've got a community garden, sometimes they have a communal garden at the back. I'm like, well, all, you and your neighbours could all do something each, you know. Or I'm like, in your windowsill, you could have a window box. You know, like, you could grow anywhere. And I think... So if you grow a tomato plant on a windowsill, it can lead you to a, a, a whole world of garden adventure. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. And I think, um, like, the cloud gardener, I don't know if you follow him. 
I had him in my podcast. He was so interesting. Like his, I love his Instagram and his YouTube, and it just tells you about how like he started like his balcony. And I said to him, I was like, you know, for me, I'm I'm amazed at what you've grown on your balcony. It's like, cause it it doesn't even look like a balcony. It's like a wee like magical paradise. You know, thing. It's just it looks like a different world. You know, it's yeah. amazing because, like, I, I never used to see it before really getting into garden, but my husband used to always say, like, he likes to make, he likes to make different parts of the garden. So, like, you know, you would be a bit where you would look in the garden and, and you go through, like, maybe you went through an arch and it takes you through to, like, like the vegetable bit. But then in the other side, you know, you've got something that's, like, the bit where there's a wee bench and you can't, you can't see the bench and it's got stuff around it. And I never used to, when we first, when we first moved in here and it was stones, I, I couldn't really visualise what he was kind of talking about. But now I can. Like, now I look at people's gardens and I think, wow, like, it's it's just like a wee oasis. Like, that's your own wee area and and it's like oh look that's there or, or, or they've got that there and it's amazing and that's I was just like wow like I would never have ever thought you could have grown all that on a balcony and and it's good to show people you know that people can like you're saying grow grow from anything and even he as well and I, this is something I'm keen about as well and I have done it with the kids and um work is like you don't even need to buy seeds like see if you get a tomato from tesco and you save the seeds you don't even have to buy them you don't like like pumpkin season you don't like i'm saving my seeds you don't even need to buy the seeds you okay you've bought the pumpkin but like (laughs) you don't even have to buy them so people say i don't have money like you don't you don't even need to buy them save the seeds from stuff you're eating that's went off and you just grow it do you know, so yeah, it's amazing. So che- you can do stuff cheap. Yes, gardening can be expensive, but you can also do it cheap. So many ways to do it. It's, um, I think we all have gardening. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you know, I think I'm going to have to, as much as this chat is amazing, I think I'm going to I'm gonna have to. My husband's going to be like, is actually my wife um, still there? Like <laughs> 10 hours well, later. You might, you might miss them a day on plus one. Uh, yeah. Uh, Emmerdale is <laughs> Emmerdale is not making me happy these days. I'm not liking the storylines, but that's another thing to talk about. <laughs> Whatever. If they don't make you happy, Nikki, don't do it. That's what I say. That is true. But thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks so much to Lee for coming on the show tonight. It was absolutely brilliant to talk to him and is one of the longest podcasts that I've had a chat with and it was really interesting um, to talk about all things gardening and soaps which did make an appearance but thank you so much for coming on the show Lee and I hopefully will get to have you on the show again and I hope you all enjoyed it.